And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Perform on the field, people will come. It doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, a podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team, hosted by me, John Greenberg, and Tony LaRusso's new best friend, James Fegan. Subscribe to White Sox Business on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out James's and my work on The Athletic as well. We've got a special $1 monthly promotion, theathletic.com forward slash Southside. James, Tony LaRusso's first Zoom call, I assume outside of maybe his grandkids. Uh, how'd you think it went? All right, I guess. Um, I Rate thought that Zoom call. I thought his answers... <laughs> Like, they obviously weren't perfect. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I asked him about, basically, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was um, his comments about kneeling and protest for the anthem and how, um, you know, basically five of his returning players. I guess I um, I incidentally declined Edwin Encarnacion's option for him because it would be six if I included him. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> five of his players kneeled for the anthem to start last season and he spoke very fervently against it multiple times he didn't think it was the right way to protest and it was disrespectful and he he, he expressed some more understanding of that that he understood some sincerity for it now he put well, these qualifiers on it about like right, that's involved in something active right. to actually combat it and it's not just a gesture and that um and, and I think Tim Brown of Yahoo came back with a very strong question that I don't think he had a particularly direct answer for about like what really gives you the the right. Um, I don't even the, think he understood. I don't even think he understood what Tim was saying. The standpoint to say what is sincere and what isn't, right? Or to basically judge what is and what isn't a legitimate protest. Like how do you kind right. of make yourself the arbiter of that? And I thought he there was definitely some hemming and hawing on that, and he the. The invocation of not having a racist bone in his body, I think that always misses a point that, you know, we're not talking about being a dedicated, malicious, intentional racist with the, you know, destruction of uh, people of color in mind. We're talking about having air blind spots and racial insensitivities and parts and you know, behaviors that lead to people feeling devalued and not listened to. And that's what we're concerned about, uh, you know, when we're talking about someone putting in a supervisory role for a major league team and not, you know, you know, is he a racist or isn't he, um, you know, exposing him like the thing or something like that. Right. So, so that wasn't great. But I thought in general he knew that that was coming. And I thought that he knows that he has to meet those guys halfway on that. And I guess you kind of saw him on that path to try to note that. I would say it's probably a lot easier for them to say, you should need to kind of go along and roll the punches and meet Tim Anderson, the guy who's hit 330 the last two years halfway, than it would be, hey, Tim Anderson's 
you know, uh, coming off like the worst year of his life and he's in a really bad place and he started to see counseling but, and we gave him like a long-term deal and he hit 240, but you kind of need to deal with him on that. I think probably was a bit better that you had Rick Renneri on hand for that period uh, than this where he's a known commodity and he can command so much respect to, like off the bat that La Russa kind of has to respond to. Uh, you know, same for Lucas Giolito and, you know, his, his uh, you know, outspoken progressivism. But yeah, so not perfect, but... I feel like he was aware. He's aware a little bit that that's a weak point that he needs to be aware of. Right. Okay. And we'll uh, let's reset this a little bit for everyone. I'm sure you, if you're listening to this, you already know the situation. But you know, just in case you stumbled upon this uh, drunkenly, perhaps uh, we're talking about Tony Larusa getting the job as the White Sox manager, 34 years after our general manager Hawk Harrelson fired him in the 1986 season, despite Tony Larusa obviously being a much smarter baseball person than Hawk. That's just how White Sox under Reinsdorf work is that sometimes weird, stupid decisions get made. Um, this was not out of the blue, obviously, because Bob Nightingale is the first one and Bob got a lot of, got a lot of crap for it on Twitter for, for, you know, everyone knows he's tight with Reinsdorf, but he got a lot of crap for repeating this. People thought it was like just, you know, Jerry spouting off. Uh, but Bob was very sure that, you know, that Tony LaRusso was a major candidate, and obviously it worked out for various reasons. Um, so Tony was hired. He's 76 years old. He hasn't managed since 2011. It it's was out of the, the blue, off. but it was out of the blue three weeks ago. Right. Out of the <laughs> blue. time. Right. It was three, and three weeks ago, it's, it's, it's crazy. It was, you know, it didn't make any sense, and it really, frankly, doesn't make a ton of sense now. And, you know, I, that was my question to Rick Hahn was kind of, what was your reaction when Tony said he was interested, you know, beyond saying, you know, an expletive? Um, initially, I was I think I was surprised, Rick said. What did you think of now? So Rick gave a little intro for, you know, for our listeners who maybe didn't watch this live or listen to it live. Rick gave actually a very long intro, um, you know, trying to basically uh, torpedo our questions. <laughs> You know, but by staking his claims and, you know, he's trying to fight the narrative. But he also said that, you know, this is a Jerry. Jerry put this in motion. You know, what did you think of kind of Rick? It, it was also kind of like it sounded like Rick didn't really want to talk too much. Did yeah, you get that vibe. It was a long intro, but some of the shortest answers I can ever recall in four years. And he kept prefacing it by saying, this is Tony's day. Let's talk about Tony. Right. (laughs) Don't ask me questions is what he was basically saying. He was, he was not, he was, he was not trying to, you know, bring it on him or or center himself uh, a whole lot. Um, I mean, the whole guiding point that we had through this process was that Tony Russo did not sound like the end point uh, or even a, a, a pit stop on what Rick Hahn described uh, when they fired Renneria, um, uh, time melts away, but you know, three, four weeks ago, um, it, he, he, he did not fit the description and, you know, AJ Hinch did. And that was why, uh, and there was confirmation that he was viewed as an option initially in the process. Um, so I, I think the main question I had for him and that he wound up answering, um, was how did we get from what you said, um, to, to here? And, I would say, you know, Rick does not tell us everything that's happening all the time. He does not, you know, letting us know the the big board of the depth chart. He's he's not giving us secrets. But 
I don't think Rick Hahn lies to us, and I don't think he intentionally misleads us. And you would probably have that conclusion if you viewed his statements and then the Larusa hire. And he admitted that basically when Jerry calls Larusa and Larusa actually says he's interested and he wants to come out of retirement after nine years, that basically through that whole process of we're going to talk to so many guys and other organizations right. that have won and learn so much from them about their process. It sounds like that all kind of went out of the window. And he did defend the idea that they interviewed other candidates. But, you know, I think as far as, um, you know, interviewing the top bench coaches from the two teams that made it to the World Series right. and, and obviously interviewing, AJ Hinch, that Willie didn't happen. Ha- right. Interviewing Willie Harris, not quite the same right. as AJ Hinch and Alex Cora. You know, I mean, and that's what do you think? And this is something that is speculated to me is that Jerry put the kibosh on, on Hinch in general, you know, and maybe that was because the cheating scandal and yeah, he didn't I, want him. That, that's, that, that sounds like the general vibe that there's been that he, he was just not interested in going down that road. I, I think, I don't think it was a question of we interviewed Tony and we interviewed Hinch and dog got it. Tony just blew Hinch away and there is nothing to do. I, I think it was an instance of we don't we don't want to go down that road as an organization ultimately was was what the word got from on top. And that's why uh, we we are where we are. James will be right back after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And Jerry, let's be honest, he knew Tony would be some, I mean, he had to have had an inkling that Tony was interested, right? I mean, he talks to him, you like you've written about and talked about, they've watched games together, not this season, but previously, I mean, he had to have known there was some interest that Tony has talked, because Tony talked about how he hates watching the game as a special advisor or whatever other bullshit rule he had, you know, he wants to be down on the field. So Jerry at least knew that part. Right. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, it, it's not like he's calling him up for the first time since uh, that, that phone call in 1986 and, and say, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> he's still like, man, right. I, I think he very much would be in a position as well as anybody to know uh, what Larissa wanted to do with his career. And it, it clearly was we were all skeptical of it. I was talking to Ken Rosenthal, you know, a lot through this process saying like, man, I really don't know if he still wants to do that. And that was a widespread you know, feeling. But Jerry knew better than all of us, it would seem. And that was the big, you know, I think a lot of people in Chicago were like, you know, we had the idea that, yeah, of course, Jerry would be interested in Tony LaRusso, but he's going to cede to his front office who, you know, are going to want someone a little more current, right? And someone that's their guy, not the owner's guy. And that's the big hole in, you know, our, our assumptions because Jerry doesn't really talk to us anymore. 
he talk doesn't really doesn't talk to us anymore. He talks to Bob Nightingale. You know, he talks to a few other people that might have his ear a little bit. And I think that's kind of where, you know, the the gap was. I mean, you you've talked to people that you know they said, yeah, Tony is a candidate, but he's not the only candidate, and there's going to be a process. And then it just seemed like there was no process. It definitely seems like all of a sudden the the track started got greased towards him and you know everything else kind of got pushed away to the sidelines. Right. And Rick said he didn't want to lead anyone on, which, you know, leads you to say that it wasn't a real search. Right. It, it doesn't seem like anyone else got even any, that far close to the finish line as, as Tony did once he got going. So I, I don't, I don't think this was the hiring process to dismiss, you know, he kind of said, you know, Tony hasn't been involved. Uh, right. You know, it wasn't an internal promotion. It wasn't somebody who was with the organization, and that and that way it wasn't an insular hire. But I think, in terms of having the hiring process where you thoroughly review what's going on elsewhere in the game and talk to other organizations and um, really get the the vibe of who the top candidates in the entire league are, I don't think that process that kind of removed all the doubt um, took place. I don't. I don't think they can dismiss those those doubts now. Yeah. It's, it's so funny because they really want to have it both ways on that and let you know that, you know, this is, you know, Rick Hahn's big speech to us all the time is everyone says the white Sox aren't going to rebuild. And I've heard the white Sox aren't going to do this. And really, you know, you know, strutting around rhetorically <laughs> of, of all the, well, the big changes they've made. So, and then they go and bring Jerry's buddy in. I don't know if they don't want to have it both ways as much as, you know, not everyone's pulling the same direction on the rope. It seems <laughs> that's a good like. point. All right. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Jerry's 84. Um, he's had a pretty good run lately of getting what he wants. I mean, he got Harold Baines in the hall of fame, which no, literally no one agrees with except for him. Tony and does. Harold Baines. Right. And Tony, him, Tony and Harold Baines were very happy about that. Everyone else is a little confused. Um, he got, he didn't get Hawk in the hall of fame. Hawk got in the hall of fame, which tickles Jerry to no end because Jerry loves Hawk. Right. Um, and now this, and then you look at the failures, you know, um, he, he told Jim Boylan to be the CEO of the bulls and do everything. Literally one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Jim Boylan was one of the biggest bozos anyone's ever met. That's coached an NBA team. And Jerry Reinsdorf wanted to give him more power because Jim was such a suck up. <laughs> it appealed to Jerry apparently. So, I mean, he's his judgment. I mean, the Robin Ventura, that was he could have hired LaRusso when he fought when Ozzy left. That was in 11. And that's when he hired Ventura, who had no business managing. Why didn't he do that then? That's a good question. I mean, right? he probably really actually didn't wanted to retire back then and didn't know that he would miss the game. I mean, I kind of I believe LaRusso's whole process of. Of yeah, how he came to too. wanting this, and it all seems very genuine to me. But I, I just don't think anyone, as far as fans, would really care. I mean, you're not you don't root for the White Sox, so you can see emotional closure for Tony La Russa. You, <laughs> want, you want to see Luis Robert hit dingers or Tim Anderson and whatnot. I, I don't think I don't I don't think it's really an angle that uh you know the the public at large is really really cares about. Uh, not not and, to be insensitive to it, but right. And I don't uh, think I'd feel almost bad writing it up. And I, I don't – I know everyone's concerned about, you know, the stuff you talked about, the social stuff, which was great. You brought it up early, you know, just to get him on the record about it and, you know, whatever. 
I don't think that's going to be a big issue. And I don't think like the bat flipping and stuff is going to be a big issue as people think. I think the thing I'm, you know, because he'll adjust, he'll adapt. Like even if he doesn't, he hates players, you know, protesting or whatever. He'll deal with it, right? I mean, he has to. You deal with what he's not coming in as like the CEO of this team as he was with like St. Louis. He's coming in, or, or Oakland. He's coming in as, you know, an, an, a manager filling a role for maybe, he didn't even, we don't even know how long he's got this job for. He said he didn't even know. It sounds like it's year to year to me. So I think he'll be fine with that. The questions I have are, you know, are they getting the best Tony La Russa at 76, hasn't managed in nine years? Is this right, the best? That's and the answer is no. That's what you're basing basically the media of this hire in. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not worried that he's going to come in and tell Jose Abreu that you're wearing too many gold chains. Like, uh, I, <laughs> 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 but you're you're basing this all off the idea that this guy's the ex, you know experience. He's won the World Series and he still knows how to do it, and that he's this he's the guy who's going to push you over the top. And really, I think the strength that that implies is really in doubt. We really haven't seen him tactically. Uh, you know, he's, he was ahead of a curve in his time. He was very analytically based uh, and that's, you know, impressive and that will, you know, speak to his instincts. But, you know, for a very long period of time, Don Cooper was, you know, ahead of the curve and very analytically based compared to the field. And then, you know, the field catches up to you because that's how careers go. You can't, you don't stay ahead of the curve forever. So, yeah, I, I think what the, the, justifying elements of this hire are very much in doubt um, even more so than really, you know, maybe the, you know, the softer elements that you might have concern. about. Let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Direct TV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. We didn't really get a chance to ask him about the players and the roster. That was actually the question I had, but they didn't give me a second. I didn't get a second crack. Um, I wanted to ask him like what he's thought about the players because he didn't really say anything. That was part of why I asked the social concerns question so early because I saw 65 people in the Zoom chat and I thought like, well, (laughs) I only have a couple at bats today. Yeah, I almost wish I would have just asked that first. Um, I didn't think about it till later, but <laughs> I figured that would come up at some point. He would talk about the actual current players beyond bat flipping and kneeling. That maybe he would talk about the players on the team, and um, you know if we could get him to name more than five. I figured I could ask him about Eloy Menace's defense and spring training sometime. We'll get to it. Yeah, you know, and the coaching staff questions are kind of funny because I don't think he's getting to hire the pitching coach. Or the hitting coach, the hitting coach, or or how many hires is he going to get to make? One or two, max. I well, yeah. I mean, I I wrote in the brief that I don't I don't think this is going to be a big wave, and you know, he obviously is going to call up like his old guys, but it's, uh, he called up Dave Duncan, and that guy's retired. Um, can't get Dave McKay because can't he's still get Dave McKay. Contract. Who knows what Jose Aquendo is doing right now, uh, but. Joe McEwing was somebody who played for him. I, I don't know if he'd necessarily just throw him out uh, on the street. Right. Um, maybe you can make an argument that 
I mean, the whole argument that they had when they moved Nick Caffer to the major league coaching staff was that he was, you know, the, the PD guy and he has rapport and they're bringing up all these young players and it'd be a, you know, easier transition. Would that maybe help to keep someone like that on for the player, the clubhouse that you're so worried about not messing with is that you keep some of the, you know, the guys who have rapport with the, the players who have matured in his core and, and you know, let Larusa do his, you know, mad strategy uh, thing and, and, you know, not have to touch that as much. I, I don't know. This just whole thing speaks to me of Jerry being totally out of touch with the team, to be honest. And Jerry, for an owner, is usually pretty in touch with them. He obviously couldn't be around as much this year, you know, really at all. I assume, you know, after spring after spring training, it just I don't think Jerry's thought about any of this stuff, to be honest. And I think he wanted this hire done. I don't think he wanted Hinch or Cora. And then it comes down to who's around, like who is your plan. And you have to wonder if the Sox did this and fired Ricky with the idea of hiring, knowing who they were going to hire, even if they said they were going to do all these interviews, of having an idea of hiring someone like Hinch. And then they couldn't do it. And then Jerry says, I want, you know, I want my guy. And and Ricky O'Donnell um, wrote, you know, and compared it to Jerry almost hiring Doug Collins to coach Derrick Rose as a rookie, you know, which made no sense, which would make no sense given – Collins' beliefs and, and Derek's ability, but at the last second he backed out because he said he couldn't fire Doug Collins. I guess he figures he can't fire Tony either. Tony will just retire again. I mean, that was the funniest probably moment of the presser when uh, people asked uh, about um, <laughs> whether or not uh, you know Tony and Jerry are friends. And he's like, I don't know if we're still friends after '86, where you ruined my yeah, life. It's <laughs> so weird. Me. <laughs> that was that was the that was the only time I, I, I giggled during the presser. I don't oh know. You must have laughed when he uh, when he did the Kenny Williams when he he was talking about analytics and some for some reason said use Kenny Williams as his example. Uh, I was laughing at um, a message I had received. <laughs> oh, okay. Rick was met. Rick was laughing at that one. I saw. Him. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Rick, a good example. Um, you know, yeah, it was very topical. Of Kenny, Kenny, Kenny should stay Kenny. stretched out in late games. If he might get thrown in. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap this up. James, what's the, re- we know the reaction on Twitter has been 99% negative. Have you heard any positives from people? Um, well, it's funny cause, uh, Bernardo Flores and I wrote about him, uh, when he was in double a at that Rickwood classic that played in the old, uh, Negro league park mm-hmm. is like this, the biggest like baseball history nerd, uh, I've ever met. And so he like just has these weird like love of old baseball guys. So like, when the White Sox put out their Twitter announcement, Bernardo Flores, this twenty four year old pitcher, quote tweeted like, "Let's effing go!" And I thought like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, that, that's the target audience that uh, got hit—the people who really loved nineteen uh, seventies baseball." So they've got that going for them, which is nice. Yeah, um, yeah. This is so. This is such a classic White Sox situation. Um, it's almost too, it's almost, this is like a joke and I'm not, I don't want to disparage Tony LaRusso, but this is kind of like a joke someone would make, you know, before the season, like, yeah, they're going to fire him and hire Tony LaRusso. It's a, it's yeah. like an easy Jerry Reinsdorf joke and it actually happened. Now we'll so. just be an easy callback, um, you know, probably for the rest <sighs> of his time owning the team. Yeah, this is something, man. But you know what? Hey, like maybe we're all being too critical 
and ageist. And Tony Larusa is going to come whip this shape, this team into shape. And then we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be laughing about our, uh, our cynicism, our deep cynicism, James. I think that's probably not going to happen, but I mean, there's a chance if, you know, Han really just knocks his job out of the park that he makes a team too good for a manager to really mess up. Well, that's, and that, that is, that's the one positive, one positive I heard from someone in the industry, one of my quote, quote, industry sources is that maybe Jerry spends more this off season where everyone else is retracting because he wants to give Tony, you know, a good team and maybe he takes advantage. This is the time to take advantage. You don't even have to spend a lot of money this, this off season. There's going to be good players available. You know, guys are going to get non-tendered guys. There's me free agents out there. So maybe this is a chance for the White Sox to reload Jerry does a favor for his buddy, and everything works out, like you said. It's, it's, it's manager proof, and and in general, Tony Larusa is you know has unbelievable experience, great instincts. If he can has the energy to do this job, and the openness to you know for new players and new ideas, then then maybe it does work out. There's a lot of guys, especially in that lineup, where it's the main thing to do managing them is. Put them in the write it, write their name every day and get out of their way. Um, that's at the point where the team is at a lot right now offensively with Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Menez, Jose Abreu, um, you know, Grandal now that McCann is out the door. Um, so I, I think they're, they're imagining they're at a point where you don't have to kind of hold their players' hands through like their career introduction um, and their you know, being met with difficulty from the wider culture of MLB like Tim Anderson was during portions of, uh, you know, 2018, 2019. You know, I don't think Tony LaRusso and Andrew Vaughn are going to be at, at loggerheads or anything like that. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is definitely a job at this point that is a bit just don't steer the ship directly into the iceberg. Not to say the White Sox are a juggernaut, but like they, they, a lot of their big developmental questions have been answered. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll just see that it doesn't matter as much as it seems like it does right now. Yeah. I think that's good. I think it doesn't matter is a, is a nice vibe. A nice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a nice mantra. Managers don't matter. The 2021 white Sox, And Tony's like asleep with a, with a, a car, a bullpen car, or a lineup card. All right. Well, at least listen, at least Jerry's happy, right? <laughs> right. All that matters. All that matters. All right. This has been a special edition of, of White Sox business. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you laughed. You cried. Um, maybe you cried before you listened, then you laughed. Uh, please make sure to, to like us on all the mediums that you can like us. Give us a boost. Uh, re- recommend us to your friends. This is going to be a really fun season. Uh, I'm, I, fun for me, maybe not for James. It's going to be a really fun season, 2021 season of White Sox Business starring Tony La Russa. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.